Ho, ho, ho. The following podcast contains spoilers and is very f***ing jolly. We watch it. Ho, 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 and welcome to the We Watched a Thing Christmas special, kids. Hope you're all having a good time. As always, it's Billy and Topher. How you doing, mate? Couldn't be happier. It's it's the most wonderful time of the year, after all. It is. You feel it all jolly and shit, my friend? Not at all. Yeah, I see you don't even have a tree up this year. No, didn't bother. Um, decided that the one-year-old would trash it and was just like, nah, not doing it. Um, I've bought zero presents. There's really nothing in my life that says that it's Christmas time, except that I'm about to have to see a bunch of family. <laughs> I mean, you didn't buy zero presents because I know you bought yourself some expensive beer. Going down a treat as well, <laughs> must be said. <laughs> I mean, it did feel a little festive, though, because you and I actually got to catch up and have our traditional Christmas beer together. And, and we watched a festive film, did we not? We did. We, we had- High alcohol beer and a festive movie, as is our tradition. And a lot of- In December. A lot of burgers and a lot of nuggets, which I took home with me because once again, I bulk ordered too many and I air fried them and gave them to the kids for the next week. So- (laughs) Everybody won. So it took us a while, though, to decide on what festive film we were going to do this year. And in the end, we thought, you know what? This is our fifth Christmas special. Four years to the day after we after you made me watch Die Hard, which I'd never seen, we decided to revisit the franchise with Die Hard 2. The much maligned Die Hard 2, which I look, I've always been a a a die harder stand. I'm here for this movie. Is is it Die Hard? Certainly not. Is it Die Hard with a Vengeance? Certainly not. Is it clearly the third best? Yes. And is it enjoyable? I say yes, and I will die on this hill. <laughs> so, correct me if I'm wrong, was this the third film in the Die Hard franchise you'd seen? Because I know that we've spoken that you saw With a Vengeance first, and then correct. I'm guessing you you went OG after that. Probably, but I couldn't- honestly, I couldn't swear to it. Yeah, okay. So this may be the second one you saw then. It could be. I may have just gone full reverse across the first three. <laughs> Shall we get straight into it then? Love to. Alrighty. Die Hard 2 is a 1990 American action thriller film, the second installment in the Die Hard series. film was released on July 4th, 1990. Interesting move for <laughs> a course. Christmas film. Uh, it was directed by Rennie Harlan, also, you know, legendarily known for The Cliffhanger. Uh, written by Stephen E. D'Souza and Doug Richardson. It stars Bruce Willis as John McClane and co-stars Bonnie Bedella, William Sadler, Art Evans, William Atherton, Franco Nero, Dennis Franz, Fred Thompson, John Amos, and Reginald Vell Johnson. And what is it about, Toph? Well, I'll pull directly from the film here, Billy. Um, how can the same thing happen to the same guy twice? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's so funny when you hear people describe other action films as like, oh, you know, it's Die Hard on a this or it's Die Hard on it. This is literally Die Hard in an airport. Like, there's no yeah. beating around the bush. It's the exact same movie in a different yep. setting. And like, like Die Hard, and in fact, Die Hard with a Vengeance, the first three are all based on books that are not, like, it, it's not based on a trilogy of books. It's not the same character. They just, they first made Die Hard from a book. Yeah. And then they found another book that they liked the plot of and were like, <laughs> we're going to call this guy John McClane and bam, Die Hard 2. Yeah. Die Harder. You know what? I always thought that Die Harder was part of the title of this film. 
I thought it was so Die Hard I. colon Die Harder, but it's not, I guess, which that's just dumb. <laughs> I think Die Harder must have just been on the poster or something, um, which I find upsetting. It should definitely be Die Hard 2. Die Harder. Die Harder. Yeah. I mean, I'm- Like, how do, you, how do you not just make that the title? Yeah, I'm looking at the poster right now, and Die Harder is larger in size than Die Hard 2. It's ridiculous. Hence why I thought that it was part of the title. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think there was a time where I thought that the name of the film was just yeah, Die Harder. Me too. I definitely had the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were young and stupid. Whatever. <laughs> I'll t- I tell you how young and stupid I was. This film used to deeply confuse me. Uh, and let's be honest, not a confusing film. <laughs> There's guys, but they have guns. Yeah. They need to stop other guys with guns. I mean, you barely need to pay attention to be able to follow the film, really. <laughs> um, but I was all over the shop as, as a kid watching this. And I, I think this probably, I'll, I'll dob myself in here. I think this extended well past the first time I saw this film. Um, the film largely takes place at the airport outside Washington, D.C. Yes. What is the name of that airport, Billy? Dulles. <laughs> like, D-U-L-L-E-S. Like a Kiwi saying Dallas. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> and I was confused as fuck as a kid as to why they didn't- wh- Like, why are the planes yeah. where McLean's- where, Why is Mrs. McLean- <laughs> And the sleazy report from the first one. Why are they circling over Dallas Airport? Yeah, and not Washington. Doesn't it? Wouldn't it make sense to have them in the, be in the same place? <laughs> and then, hang on, how far did she get diverted? That she suddenly in Washington yeah. again? What's going on here? I was, I, I, it did my head in. I'm gonna forgive you that confusion because I've always, always had the same thing. You know, like here, here in Australia, most airports are just named. You know, like. Canberra Airport, Adelaide Airport. Melbourne, I think, technically is something silly like Tullamarine. Is that right? Well, it's Tullamarine. It's where it is. Sydney is not Sydney. It's, it's Kingsford Smith. Smith, I guess. But most people call- You know, like, I work- No one- Yeah, that's it. I no work with the Border Force and everyone calls it Sydney Airport. You're right. Like, yeah, it's ju- it just seems crazy to me. And there are so many in the States that have confused me. <laughs> JFK wasn't from New York. Yeah. Why is it there? Why? What's going on? <laughs> it's probably part of the conspiracy, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you reckon it was a lone gunman? Fuck no. Nah? You reckon, Come there, on. You reckon there was another guy on that knoll? There was more than one, my friend. Okay, well, let me ask that, you this. That knoll was riddled with, with guys with guns. Do you think that Lee Harvey Oswald was even involved? Or do you think he was literally a patsy? Both. You think he was a patsy who was involved? Fuck, man. This goes all the way to the top. Yeah. <laughs> do, you reckon, do you reckon Harvey Oswald did 9-11? <laughs> well, 9-11 didn't happen. No, of course not. That's right. It was uh, it was filmed by Kubrick, just like the moon landing. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. That is correct. Um, back to Die Hard 2, though. <laughs> I'm going to say something. This film is not Christmassy. <laughs> There's really, you know, and I honestly, okay. Yes, I don't want to start a debate here, okay? Yes, there's a whole debate about is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Which it, of course, is. Well, I mean. It's not even, it's not even a Christmas film. <laughs> it's the it's Christmas film. It's the Christmas film. Look, yeah, okay. I, I feel like at least that feels more Christmassy. I still wouldn't call it a Christmas film personally, but you know, it's got it's got carols and shit in it. This one, you know, there's a couple of decorations thrown about, but really, 
like, the airport's very busy. Well, yeah, but airports are always busy. Like <laughs> this, it's particularly busy. Okay, this could be set on Thanksgiving weekend. Airports <laughs> are probably busier on Thanksgiving weekend, aren't they? Wouldn't have thought so. No? I feel like more people go home for Thanksgiving than they do for Christmas. I don't know, mate. I live in Australia. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is this film didn't, it didn't feel super Christmassy to me, and that kind of disappointed me a bit. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it's just a bunch of decorations. Other than that, not a Christmas film. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, you look at a classic like Reindeer Games, which we did our second year. That movie kicks off with Santa. Santa is the very first character you see in that film. Santa is not in Reindeer Games. Yes, he is. The movie opens with 10 dead Santas. Remember? They're all laying there in the snow and you're like, well, yeah, what's exactly. going on? So, so not Santa. Well, clearly a bunch of guys in Santa outfits. Mate, I don't want to be the one to tell you this, buddy. I know that you're 35, but mate. I'm sorry. If anyone's listening with kids, I'm going to beep that, okay? You know what I said, though. You know. Yeah, Santa because there is no magic in Christmas. Uh, cop that, kids. <laughs> no, no. People might be listening to this with their children. They'd be bad parents if they were because, you know, a couple of c**ts might get flown around, but. Uh, yeah, look. Not as Christmassy as the first film, which is the greatest, obviously. Um, <laughs> but still just a really enjoyable film that involves Christmas. Like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. I was scrolling through our playlist of Christmas movies the other day and that popped up and he was like, that's not a Christmas movie. I was like, yeah, it counts. <laughs> it's written by Shane Black. It's like by default. Now, one thing that's like, the, okay, so the airports confused me as a kid. Nothing else does. And that's helped by, as you know- one of my favourite things that can happen in a film, which is exposition via newscast. <laughs> it is amazing. Love at, it. At one point, that exposition via newscast happens on a plane. And I'm like, that's not how it works. Like, we've all been on planes before. I know that we've watched news bulletins on planes. People, those are pre-recorded. Not in 1990. They, they pre- even today, those are pre-recorded. Those aren't live streams most of the time. They, they pre-record those, especially for the planes. <laughs> like, you don't get that to-the-minute news. Well, I mean, you can now. You, you know, you'll be there on Wi-Fi and whatever. But I take your point. But, as ever, it's- the greatest way to convey information in a film ever. And and that tells us about this this guy getting transported on the busiest day of the year. Yeah. Which I mean what? <laughs> I think I think John Cusack's character from Con Air would have had something to say about all this. It's a silly time to transport a con. I don't know who thought that was a good idea. They kind of... I'm not, I'm not going to say they deserved what happened to them. That would be harsh. <laughs> but... <laughs> Let me ask you this. All right. As far as exposition goes, what's worse? I'm going to give you a couple of options here. Newscast, voiceover, text on screen, or what I think is the worst of all, two characters who are inexplicably psychologically linked. <laughs> That definitely sounds the worst. That is the worst. Like, like imagine if, you know, if McLean's wife was up there and she was like, something's wrong. You know, like she just feels, <laughs> I hate that shit. <laughs> so you don't like the end of Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> oh, mate. Look, at least that's in a kind of magic universe and can be explained by the force. But this is Christmas, mate. It's magic. 
Oh, that's true. That's true. That's maybe part of, maybe that Santa part helped of out. Exactly. <laughs> Exposition by Santa. <laughs> that I would be on board with. Do you know what else this film has? What? A fucking T-1000. So, see, this is where we differ. <laughs> you, you remember this, even though we were drinking high alcohol beer, I'm sure you remember this discussion. What did I say when he popped up? I don't know the guy's name because no one thinks of Robert Patrick as, as whatever Agent you're going to say. Agent Doggett. I'm going to put up a poll on Twitter after this, and I want you to tell me, when you see Robert Patrick, do you think T-1000 or do you think Agent Doggett? You are going to get annihilated. Mate, mate, no way. He was the T-1000 once for about 40 minutes. He was Agent Doggett. In the Doggett. biggest film He was ever. Agent Doggett for years in one of the biggest TV shows ever, which I know you're a fan of because you have the entire box set. You've never watched it once. You stole it from me. <laughs> I didn't steal it from you. It was forced on me. Yeah, and I said, watch this. It's the greatest show of all time. And what do you do? You just fucking watch West Wing over and over again. How many times have you rewatched West Wing and you haven't watched like a... Se- what did you get through? Two discs of X-Files? You didn't even make it out of season one. <laughs> Is there a question here you, or are you, you, you just talking? You, you didn't even make it to Agent Doggett, mate. <laughs> If I did, if I did, I'll tell you what I'd have said. Hey, look, it's the T-1000. How dare you disrespect Robert Patrick? You know, it'd be weird if someone was like, oh, it's the guy from Spy Kids. Yeah, just massive Robert Rodriguez heads. So you keep saying that that you you really, really like this movie. I do. I do. More than it deserves. I'll admit that. More than it deserves. So this was- But I really like it. This was the first time I'd seen it, or at least the first time I'd seen it the whole way through, because I came around to your place about two months ago and you were like, oh, let's watch Die Hard 2, and none of us made it through the first, like, 45 minutes or something. This is not a great movie, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, it's not a great movie, but it's it's just, a, it's a, in my opinion, a great watch. It, not a great film, but a great watch. It gets, it gets real, real dull in the third act, like... It is. It's 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 a pretty dull film. You're going to tell me that that an active film that counts among its contents, Bruce Willis saying "Yippee motherfucker," is dull. Yeah, I am. Fucking hell. I am. Fucking hell. <laughs> I'm not having this. <laughs> <laughs> there was. I don't know. There's just nothing to excite me here. You know, like the first film. Look. I famously gave it a rating that some people say is too low. I stand by that eight is a pretty good score. Like, do I think Die Hard is the best movie ever? No, but I had a lot of fun with it. This movie's not fun. The villain sucks. So, I one of the things, not fun, um, hard disagree, hard disagree, because one of the things that I will, for instance, for instance, Billy, <laughs> one of the things that will happen in, a, in an action film is that you'll very easily forgive an innocent getting gunned down if the baddie says something awesome while they do it. Yeah. Um, which is a part of this film, which is weird. And this is a weird thing about this movie, is that the first one considered the birth of the modern action film. As you said previously, this this spawns how many things yeah. that are described as die hard on a blank. Yeah. And look, that's and, absolutely and then, fair. Yeah. And then Die Hard 2 comes out, and it's this total throwback to the decade we've just come out of. I disagree. 
Like, this movie came out in 1990. Are you saying that this movie feels like an 80s film? Because Absolutely. See, I didn't feel that at all. And that's why I felt this movie was kind of bland. Because to me, it felt in between these two spaces. You know, like, an 80s action film can be fucking fantastic. You know, Die Hard, great. You, I mean, you got your sleazy 80s guy all up in that joint. He's basically the guy from Futurama. The 80s also gave us really over-the-top action, like Predator. You know, like, there's a lot of good action from the 80s. Then you move into the 90s, you've got- You don't like Predator. What are you even talking about? Well, the, the action You've seen is- it once and we're like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not, I'm not here to get more one-star reviews, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a one-star review. <laughs> yeah, you will. Then the 90s brings you great action. Like, I think the 90s was the best decade of action. You've got classics like Speed and The Net, which we all love. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, movies with real, real character to them. And this film felt- it, it felt to me like it was throwing back to the original film more than it felt like it was throwing back to films of the 80s. Like, if this film was, was playing with other films within that genre- rather than just being like a straight Force Awakenings of it, I think it would be more fun. But it's really just a retelling of the same film. And like, is it bigger? Yeah, which is the thing that sequels have to do. Like, but I feel like there's a lot less heart to it. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, but things like, I mean, the moment, just in, just in terms of how the film is constructed, like the maybe the greatest moment of the of the film when they're in the, the control center and the guy running the shop who's just accepted John McClane into his life and operations very quickly um, says, asks McClane, is this what you're expecting? And in a moment of just sheer fucking cinematic greatness, the camera pushes in. Bruce Willis takes a beat and says, no, this is just the beginning. Yeah. Like, it's just Awesome throwback shit. I love yeah. it. I will. I will say this: Bruce Willis is is still good in this film. This is before he completely crapped out. Like this is still good. Bruce well, yeah, because he's still good in the third one. Well, yeah, definitely. Another good um a kind of telling thing about the age when this film and like does this still happen? Of course it does. But was it just was the volume turned up to eleven back when this film was made? Like for sure is that John, of course, is kind of like McLean is like the archetypal modern everyman of an action film. Now the everyman is a fucking retiree, but yeah, yeah, whatever. Back back at this point, John was the everyman action film. We were McLean. Yeah. So, of course, in the heads of the filmmakers, if you're putting yourself into this with John like as your avatar, of course- the hottie behind the desk at the airport just desperately <laughs> wants you to meet It's true. It is a great move. <laughs> just seen this guy once. Yeah. He wants to use your fax machine, doesn't know what a fax machine is, and you're like, hey, I knock, I knock yeah. off at 15. How about it? I'll let you use my fax that machine. <laughs> yeah. Like, had that happened to the screenwriter before? Do you think? <laughs> Not a chance. No way. We've seen what screenwriters look like. They ain't Bruce <laughs> Willie. Uh, I agree with you, though. I think he's, he does play a great everyman. And also, for the first half of this film, he's wearing almost the exact same sweater that I rocked up to your place in. So It was freakish, <laughs> wasn't it? The film started 
I've looked to my left and gone, what's going on here? Yeah, and we're almost Billy identical. Billy is cosplaying we? as a plane. <laughs> my hair is is thinning almost as much. <laughs> I'm being generous by saying almost. I uh, tell you what, mate. Today when I was by the time we get to live free or die hard, <laughs> you'll be you two will just be the same. Today when I was at Page Bottle and I was chatting to Harry, I looked up and I you know they've got the security cameras. Did you do the thing from the ad? Did someone do that in an ad? One of the one of the ads for like hair regrowth, whatever. Yeah, right. Is that someone sees a balding bloke in the same jacket as he's it wearing in the me. CCTV and then realizes it's him? It happened because I looked up and I was like, "Oh, I thought it was just Harry and I here." I was like, "I wonder where but that it's Harry camera is." I'm bald freak. Yeah, I wonder where that camera is because Harry wasn't in the shot. So I look around and then I realize. Fuck, that's the back of me. I did not realise my hair was that thinning at the back. Because at the front- And you realise that I haven't just been lying to you all this time. Because <laughs> at the front, it's quite luscious. <laughs> but from Is the- that what we're calling back? From, from the back, it's a real dog's breakfast, mate. I know, the, the, the twin sunset, it's right there. <laughs> it's so hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call, I'm going to call in my head a definite influence- from this film. I think I think The Rock, the makers of The Rock, the writers and of course director. Yeah, another great 90s action film. Yeah, I think Bayhem definitely saw this. Okay, so we've got similarities between Die Hard 2 and The Rock. We've got the turncoat military guy. We've got a speech very similar to the whole treason is just a matter of dates. Yeah. You yeah. know, you can either at, at one point you're the you're the villain, but in the future you can be the the hero. Great kind speech. Of thing. Yep, absolutely. The the control room that they set up in the church yeah. is freaking look just looks in ter- the vibe of it, the look of it is so similar to the control yep. room that they set up on Alcatraz. Um I think so if if there's one thing you want to really give Die Hard 2 credit for, it could be that its fingerprints are on I would argue well, I mean definitely top 3 action film of the 90s and yeah. you know, The Rock could be number 1. Well, yeah, yeah. That's it's to, yeah. The Rock, Con Air, The Net, Speed, all those. Fuck great- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are correct that Sandra Bullock is in one of the three best action films of the nineties. Yeah, it's not The Net. It might, it's not The Net. My biggest disappointment from you leaving the show is that we never got to talk The Net. <laughs> that is why I left. Can we please do it <laughs> so one of these you days? Can do it to me. <laughs> can we please do it one of these days? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm time poor. I do not have time in my life for the net. <laughs> you you are absolutely correct, though. And it's not, honestly, it's not just The Rock either. I think to give this film its credit, yes, people do talk about, you know, diehard DNA. And they are usually referring to the first one. You know, this film is, die. you know, like cliffhanger. It's diehard in the mountains, for example. You know, like we hear that all the time. I think you're right. I think that people are doing this film a disservice by not talking about how much this film's DNA is seen in the future as well. Because I do think that this is, a, even though it's like a carbon copy, I do think that there are lots of differences between this and Die Hard. And I do think that you can see them in future action films. Like this, I think, did become a bit of a template in its own. Like, again, it's that bigger and, you know, there's more explosions and there's more, you know, the, the reason I like this film less is that, by this film, I don't think that's, John- Mc- It's not as good. Well, yeah, but I also, I don't think John McClane is as much of an everyman by this film. 
and I also th- um, think that I think that this this film for me the stakes are a lot different. Like you know, in the first film, like even though the stakes at large might be bigger, at the end of the day, John McClane's stakes are quite personal. Whereas in this film, the stakes aren't personal at all. He kind of involves himself just because he's there. And I think that that is something that we came to see in a lot of future action films as well is, you know, the kind of the hero gets drawn into something larger than them. And because they're a hero, they go through with it, you know? I hear that. I definitely hear that. I think it's very valid. Personal highlight of mine in this film, which we didn't get to the first time we watched this film and you got to, as you said, 45 minutes in and you were like, I am too drunk and tired. (laughs) I need to leave. Um, We didn't get up to... John Amos, Admiral Fitzwallace himself, turning up in this film. Yeah. Which, I mean, as you said, I live my life with West Wing on repeat. <laughs> John Amos turning up in something for me is an absolute fucking joy. And he fucking rules in this movie. Yeah. I had that the other day when I was watching something and Bradley Whitford popped up. And I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> and I'm not even as much of a West Wing diehard as you are. Um, Amos Breeze. <laughs> Just just elite energy to this film. I love him in it so much. His, his dynamic with McLean, the kind of, you know, we would be friends if we were on the same side of this thing, yeah. which is something that, I mean, that just fucking works for me. I love that shit. Yeah. I am missing Pal, though. He's still there. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, Stuff and he's, not, in as, his face. he's not as cool, though. No, he's not. He's not at all. He's just- yeah, a guy being in the office. Exactly. Pretty boring. That character is Although Powell prop- in name only. <laughs> yeah. I mean, props to them for actually bothering to get the the time difference right between the coasts. Yeah. You know, yep. Yes, yes, it has the sun has gone down yeah. in DC, but it's it's still light when we see Powell on the phone. It's like, oh, good attention to detail, yeah. folks. I'll give it this too. The day we watched this- was the day I got my pilot's license. That's right, people. I am a licensed pilot. Well- Well, okay, a remote pilot's license. I can fly a drone, but- Yeah, you but, and every eight-year-old. <laughs> well, this, this is the thing. You don't need a license to fly a drone. <laughs> but because I'm doing it commercially, they made me go and do- it's. No joke. It was 11 weeks of training. I had to do a practical exam and a five-hour theory exam. I feel like I'm practically a pilot. Most of the exam was about reading maps and reading the weather and- Fuck, that is good content. Yeah. (laughs) But what I will say is I was surprised at how much of the plane shit they got right in this film. Oh, right. It was all- Oh, so that was going somewhere. It was going somewhere. I did not see that coming. That's a twist. Because it was all so fresh in my mind after just doing my exam. And, you know, know, they're all talking on their little radios and shit. And I'm like, oh, wow, they're actually saying the right things. Someone did their research is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because this movie fucking rules. (laughs) Do you know that, um, fun fact, this film operates in the same cinematic universe as Commando? Can I tell you a secret? I think I know what it's going to be. <laughs> I've never seen Commando. <laughs> what do I mean? What were you? What What did you do is, growing is, up? I don't understand. Is Is that similar to Platoon? <laughs> no, <laughs> Jesus! Don't tell Oliver Stone that. Uh, I've never seen Platoon. <laughs> <laughs> you know the line. You know the line that. 
Jack Black's line in High Fidelity about how does a guy with no interest in music own a record shop? Yeah. How does a guy with no interest in movies? <laughs> it's very similar to that, you know? Spends all his time listening to The Cure, which is very much the same as me, right? And it's the same with me in movies. I watch a lot of movies. I just watch a lot of good movies. Too good to, to watch Commando. Would we say that? It's funny, actually. I, I was I was prepping for next week where I'm doing, you know, our best of the year, where we always do the, the best of 10 years ago as well. I was shocked at how few films I'd seen from 2011. And a lot of years I feel like I have excuses. I'm, oh, you know, I was doing this that year. I was doing this. You know, like the last eight years I've had kids, so they're a write-off. But 2011, I was doing nothing. <laughs> I, I have no idea why I didn't see movies that year. <laughs> mm. Well, looking forward to that episode. <laughs> well, you're you're not coming on because you don't feel like you've seen enough movies this year. So I'll be doing that with uh, Sam Hurley. So hopefully we all know that he's a massive film buff. So I think his 2011 year list should be pretty good. I did. I just, uh, just out of curiosity, I did have a look at 2011 and there are some absolute crackers. Yeah. Ones that, ones that I've seen. You have not seen them. No. <laughs> They were films aimed at adults, and you have not seen them. <laughs> well, I've got, a, I've got a week before we record, so why don't you send me a list of what would be your top five from that year, and I'll watch them before then. Okay. Because I'm off work this week, so I'll do it. Do you want to know, know why it's set in the same cinematic universe as Commando? Oh, yeah, that's where we were. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Humor me. Uh, the, the country that, that he's getting flown out from. It's a, it's a fake uh, country, is it? It is a fake country. It is the fictional nation of Valverde. Yeah, right. Which is lifted from Commando. That's interesting. So somewhere out there, in while Die Hard 2, Die Harder is going on, somewhere out there is Arnie just ripping it up. So how are you scoring this festive flick? <laughs> I'm just going to kind of... Uh, Dagger into the the land of positivity. I'm a six out of ten. Oh, okay. That's not uh, the way you. Would, I thought you were going to be like a seven. I'm a five. I think this film is fine. I had yeah, it's fine, I, but it's also just really enjoyable. But let me tell you this: it's a five because I was at your place eating burgers and drinking far too many beers. If I had watched this at home alone, I think I'd be giving this a three or a four. <laughs> That is br- from you? From me. From you? From that is me. fucking brutal. <laughs> I'm a changed man. I'm a changed man. Now that you've left the show, I'm all highbrow and shit. I've needed to take your place. So I'm like, no, it's not artsy enough. <laughs> um, I just I just found it dull. And that made me sad because I wanted to have fun with it. But it was just, it was just a bit dull. Well, incorrect. But anyway. So you look so disheartened, mate. That's <laughs> fine. I, you know, I did this to you with Rainy Games, and well, I mean, I did this and worse to you with Rainy you did, Games and so. Tommy Boy. <laughs> well, sure, I, but I was, I meant specifically Christmas. But sure, let's open it up. Let's talk about Sphere. <laughs> oh, don't bring up Sphere, mate. You did it to me. I would just never. about just about every throwback I ever did. You did this to me. Well, they were tended to be really bad, mate. <laughs> Fuck you. I think. John Carter, you liked. Uh, likes a strong word. I'm pretty sure you were a six. I reckon I was a five or or a four. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. I'm I'm looking it up. Listeners, you know that you can head to We Watched a Thing, and all of our scores for films are written there. 
until I got too lazy to do it, which was about 100 episodes ago. <laughs> I was a four, mate. Have you looked it up already? Yeah. Fuck, you were a four. <laughs> I was a six. <laughs> and Beth was a one or a two. Beth was a zero. A zero. <laughs> See, you did this to me every time I brought a film to the table. You know what the worst yeah. thing about that is? Is that you and I had spoken about John Carter together many times before we did it as an episode. And I know for a fact that you enjoy that movie. <laughs> I've Look, I've seen it. Twice, <laughs> once at the movies where I was for I was surprised because it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so I had that kind of glow of hey, that could have been worse going on. <laughs> um, and then there was the second time for the show, and I was like, yeah, this is not good. <laughs> that's that's rough, mate. <laughs> you know, I don't feel like this episode has been quite Christmassy enough. So at the end of this is post credits. I might chuck up our uh, our top Christmas carols patron episode, which was only a couple of minutes long. Was that the one where we were we were very pretty drunk? Very drunk. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you said that Little Drummer Boy was your favourite Christmas carol. Oh, it's the goat. No, mate. No, the best is Good King Wenceslas. But I'll I'll, ah, I'll chuck that episode up at the end and let that speak for itself. I mean that that. <laughs> That does get extra points for its use in love, actually, which is spectacular. Mm. I probably forgot a bunch of carols in that thing because we were fucking hammered. We were we were were really really drunk. (laughs) But there are not many carols I like. Carols fucking annoy the shit out of me. Yeah, I remember when we did Christmas in July and we had some carols playing, and you were like, "Turn this shit off." (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember that, but it sounds like me. (laughs) Well, mate. I think we did it. I think we did Die Hard too. Die Harder. Die Harder, people. <laughs> Thank you for joining me for this festive Christmas special, mate. Um, is, is I doubt there is. Is there anything that you want to plug? Do you want to tell people where to find you? Yeah, I'm starting a podcast. <laughs> oh, you dick. <laughs> I would be very, very hurt. It's going to be a reaction show to We Watched a Thing. Actually, that I'd pay money for. <laughs> I'll tra- yeah, it's going to be patron only. I was going to say, I'll transfer you half the patron money every month if you do a bonus episode for the patrons that's just a reaction show of this. <laughs> I'm half tempted to take you up on that. I, th- I think that'd be pretty fucking funny. <laughs> All right. Well, next week I will be checking out the new Matrix film. With David Rosen from- Probably just as Christmas Eve die hard too. <laughs> Probably. Uh, with David Rosen from the Piecing It Together pod. And the week after that, I'll be doing our top five of the year and top five of 2011 with, as I said, Sam Hurley from Movie Reviews and 20 Qs. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething. And I'll catch you next week. Go sing a fucking carol ho 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 and now please enjoy as a special treat our patron bonus from 2017 our top christmas carols for more content like this or hopefully better than this head to our patreon page patreon.com forward slash we watched a thing
Should we do our top 10 Christmas carols? (laughs) 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 Alright, patrons, welcome to a bonus episode where we're we're going to do our top 10 Christmas carols. not a thing. Alright, what's your number one toe? (laughs) Come on, you told me before. What is it? I can't remember the name of it. Come on, come on, what is it? No, I mean, I can't remember the name of so it. So sing it. It's a Christmas special, mate. Sing it. Ding <laughs> dong. <laughs> it was Carol of the Bells, mate. Carol of the Bells. Yeah. That's my favourite Christmas carol. <laughs> my my favourite is um, Good King Wenslers, which I know your brother, when I said that, <laughs> like, sorry, Nick, you're a patron. I know you're listening. You offended me a little. <laughs> Great song. <laughs> no else? one will believe this was unplanned. <laughs> what else do you like, buddy? <laughs> That's about it. Christmas carols are shit. That's not true. You also brought up Little Drummer Boy. Little Drummer Boy. Who doesn't like that? Uh, and then later on, when Joy to the World came on, you said at least it's trying for something. <laughs> yeah. So most of- most Christmas carols seem to be trying for irritating. Yeah. I don't know. I love most of them. They're shit. What are the ones I don't like? I don't like Jingle Bells. That's Terrible. overrated. Terrible. Good film, though. Jingle All The Way. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yeah. We watched it the other day. This Jake Christmas Lloyd. Season. Yeah. Yeah. I actually- Are I, you an angel? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to suggest that we do it for our um, Christmas episode Next this year. year, because at least it would stay with the theme of Christmas action movies, which we've done in the past. That's true. But I wasn't sure if you'd seen it. So you have seen it. I have seen it. You love it? No, I think it's shit. <laughs> like Christmas carols. Ah, <laughs> oh, I bet there are others that you like. Good episode. <laughs> Thanks, patrons. Love you. Have a good Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>